Welcome everyone and welcome to the podcast of Base N Corporation. I am Ni, Marketing Coordinator at Base N Corporation, and joining me today is our Communication Officer, Sonia Buri. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing the themes of Connected Farm and Smart Farm. So welcome, Sonia. It's very good to have you here today with us. Thank you very much, Ni. I'm excited to discuss with you. Yes, me too. So um, let's start first right away with the first questions. Um, uh, let's build a bit context. So how will you explain smart farm to the listeners? Yeah, that's actually a very complex topic. So let's try to simplify it a bit. A smart farm or connected farm would be a farm that provides uh, real-time information to farmers, whether this is via sensors or actually like nowadays they also have already small robots that drive around with a camera in like within the crops to record the health status of the crop. So this is like all that is done in really modern farms that are fully connected and of course they are still mainly in the pilot phase but it's quite interesting to see what you can achieve like how you can reduce the use of any resources whether this is human resource or water and and um, fertilizer if you just have enough information available and i think the biggest problem is that we still even though we have the technology, we don't yet take really good use of it. So that is what I would call the smart farm is like literally reducing the amount of labor and, and resources and increasing the yield. Mm, right. Um, is farming familiar to you? Um, like, is it an area that you are very interested in or maybe both? Yes, actually, it is familiar to me because I did grow up in a small village where everyone had known garden. So it was like very small scale farming, but uh, it was totally natural for me as a kid that we have any vegetables like in our own garden, whether this is potatoes, carrots, salad, like you name it, beans, anything. And of course, also some fruits that that grow in the area where I'm from. And also, since I am from a village, there are um, still bigger farmers. So I have I have spent a good amount of my childhood uh, either in the own garden or then when the farmers like it's a small place. So people are connected and then you just go the whole village went to help with a potato harvest, for example. And yeah, definitely. That's uh, something I have experience in. And I also do practice this a little bit in my city apartment now. So I have a small garden on my balcony. Unfortunately, only enough space to have some herbs and uh, tomatoes, but it's working. Yeah, that sounds so great. And um, and nowadays, how, how do you see the, the statuses of farming? Like, how, how do you, because you seem very interested in this uh, area. How have you seen the statuses of farming, farmers these days? Has it changed a lot for the last recent years? Yes, I think it has changed tremendously. First, there was like a big revolution in, like in, in I was about to say in the 90s, but a lot earlier already when you started to have better equipment. But also, um in general, I did realize that uh, smaller farms start to disappear more and more, and they get replaced by very, <clears throat> pardon me, by very large-scale farms. And I'm speaking about um, these kind of farms that 
well, I cannot even like uh, name this properly, but they have an insane amount of fields and they they are strongly dependent on, on what they like specialize in. For example, if you look um, at the dairy production, this is something that um, the small farming has disappeared almost completely. So you have those huge dairy farms, but you can't like hardly go in any village and buy milk from a farmer anymore because most of them found it not profitable anymore because the big players like literally just cut them off via pricing. So mm. yeah, that's a bit of a sad shift. Yeah, right. Um, and then I know that you did wrote um, an end block before titled Old MacDonald Had No Connected Farm. And you wrote that the agriculture industry already underwent a drastic change in the past 50 years, improved machinery, seed fertilizers and irrigation led to increased cultivation of more land. But the next revolution is already here and can truly change the world. Um, I would like to ask, like, would you elaborate here with us more what you meant by the next revolution of agriculture? Absolutely. So as you mentioned in the past, um, the, the revolution was literally that the equipment got much better because, for instance, my for instance, my grandma still uh, was plowing the field herself with a cow or two cows in that case. And if you see the shift, because that might have been in the 1930s. And after that, you saw more and more of the tractors coming up and the machinery got a lot better. And, and as you also already mentioned, um, that I also mentioned in the blog, the fertilization and the irrigation was improved significantly. But um, yet, even though we have a lot of modern machinery, so like the farmers can plant a lot more, like they can easily have quadruple the size of, of their usual like farm they had before and yet we are still not using all what we have efficiently so the next revolution I would say is definitely about the smart farming and the connected farm because regardless of uh, how high tech we have combined harvesters at the moment they are still not able like not not all some some have more features of course but there is still a lot of uh, room for improvement to measure, for example, the moisture of a grain directly in the harvester. Now you still have it, um, you kind of take it from, from the field and, and measure it by hand. So that's something that could be done. And uh, mainly when you look at the future, I do believe that uh, with the quality of communication, like real-time communication being available, so you can have sensors that are easily connected, and it does not even take, uh, you know, because many farms are also in remote locations, but even that problem has been solved a long time ago. So there are sensors, many sensors that can operate with a minimum of network or even like like very, doesn't even matter how remote, but they do operate and they can send you really valuable information. For example, I have uh, lately seen a TEDx talk about the irrigation in uh, very dry land and that it was handled mainly by experience. And yet every year there was at least one farmer and they are really dependent for the life 
like to, to have enough food. And there was at least one farmer who overwatered in a very dry area. So you would actually not expect it because the surface is like always very dry. But then if you plant the sensors about, if you put them about 50 centimeter deep, like in, in this particular case, um, actually the roots were very wet, even though the surface was completely dry, but uh, the roots were very wet. So that's why there was always at least one farmer who had a bad harvest because they just overwatered it. So that is something that can definitely be improved. And that's also where I see that the future is heading because with all the sensors we have and also little robots that go around the fields and inspect the health of the crop. And um, also one thing that I do believe is in use already, but not in, in many places is the drip irrigation because also studies and research from data analyzers have shown that uh, by using the drip irrigation, you save about 94% of the water that you would usually use. And at the same time, you get a lot healthier crops and, and more. So you harvest a lot more than before. So it's a lot better than just surface watering. And I do believe with all the technology that's available, it should be very easy for anyone. But uh, yeah, so that's definitely the next revolution to connect your farm and all the machinery. And yeah, you can monitor the health status of your crops at any time. Of mm. course, in conjunction with the weather forecast, you can you can literally make a lot better results because the population is growing. So we also need to get to speed with growing more food to feed everyone on the planet. Mm. So in, in a way, you kind of perceive that um, farming hasn't really maximized the benefits of um, technology fully yet. No, not yet, unfortunately. And that was quite surprising because I see all of those great documentaries and follow this privately quite a lot. And also um, just by looking at my surroundings, I know that people have, for example, high-tech stables and yet they are not able to meet the demand. So many farms are closing again and, and the same goes for the crops. So I'm, I don't know why this happens, but it is certainly an interesting process that you, you have all of the technology. The only thing that is missing is maybe um, an integrator who can bring all of these together so that you get like a unified view that is easy to use. I think it it's still maybe that, you know, Sometimes people are still afraid a bit of, of the new developments in technology, like look at self-driving cars. They've been speaking about this for a very, very long time, and yet there is not really a self-driving car. I mean, yes, they exist. They have testing places. But I don't think, I think there is one currently on the market that is allowed to go on the street. I do believe it's a Mercedes, but I'm not entirely sure. That's not my area of expertise. But yeah, I, I I don't know because these things are kind of very different. But you, for the farming, I don't really understand because all the tools that are needed are already there. You just need to implement and take a leap of faith. Right. So um, is this maybe like an extension from from that question I, I was asking? So what do you what? Other barriers do you see that kind of preventing 
farming and agriculture to um, adopt technology, new technologies or um, any other digital technologies out there to to in real practices. I actually don't have a question that would fit, uh, don't have an answer that would fit like anyone, but um, from my experience, like when I speak to um, to people I know who are owning a farm, it's not that they don't trust, it's more that they don't know. So they would maybe need, just need somebody to take them by the hand and walk them through step by step. And of course, like um, sometimes you have to make an upfront payment and with a decrease in 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 uh, like price for example for any vegetables uh, you know like also as i mentioned previously for the dairy products like the prices at least in germany they have been on a record low so you could not survive from having a, a milk cows like only that was simply not possible so many gave it up and i do believe if you just take the time and explain and and also show because that is something that i have experienced if you are speaking to a very young generation of farmers like around being in their 30s that already kind of grew up with the internet they are not so reluctant but then again farming has become unattractive for many generations as well i do believe i also mentioned that in the blog post that um, nowadays even in the small place i'm from barely anyone still has a garden because it's simply cheaper and less labor intensive to go to the supermarket and buy your vegetables. I personally would still grow them in the garden, but that's a personal choice. So I think um, I don't want to say that per se age would be the problem, but many people have done it for like decades in a certain way. So it's very difficult to convince them, hey, let's try another way. But I'm very sure once you show them all the benefits that they can have, that that anyone would like to take that. I mean, you know, if you have to work less and yet get a better yield, I do believe that many would would at least want to try it. But yeah. Right. I mean, all of the machineries in, in general, they are like also extremely expensive. So that's also something that is uh, disregarded a lot. So they need to make constant investment to yield bigger fields and the machines are getting bigger and bigger and more expensive, of course. And yeah, so I, I think that that this might be a generational conflict. But as said, like you can't find an answer for that really because people are so different. But I do feel that it's mainly mainly the holdback is that people are not so familiar and are maybe also just a bit afraid to use technology because if you did it like for 50 years in this way it's a bit strange then to shift to a completely other way yeah like change sometimes takes a, a while to um, to happen especially when you get used to a certain way of um, like this is always the way that things has always been done, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. And, and change is always, um, for humans, it's always very, very difficult to adapt to. But, right. you know, if there's a will for, for doing this, I'm quite sure there's also a way that they can find to implement the technology. Mm. Right. And, and 
um, for, for the farmers who have adopted um, digital technologies to um, various extents, because as you said, we, we, we can't really know for sure exactly. It, it varies between individual and in, between farmers. But for those who have, let's say, already recognized the benefits of technology, adopted it, and what do you see as maybe problems that they still encounter before they can reach the maximum benefits of, of using technologies. Yeah, there are indeed quite many who have like the latest machinery and um, it's it's fairly good because they, they get all the real-time information about, for example, the fuel use of, of a harvester and, and the like. But I do believe that still the connectivity is lacking. Like, yes, you you have a lot of information you get from your um, current equipment. And yes, they have all kinds of uh, fancy things that that do certainly improve also the the, the yield. But, um, you know, just because something has a lot of buttons and uh, maybe not a steering wheel, but a joystick instead nowadays, it does not mean that it increases your efficiency. So I think there should be um, more of the connecting things altogether. As mentioned, I I think it would be very beneficial to use like those um, sensors and they are really not so cost intensive because there are so many different kind of sensors and you just, as mentioned, need a platform that brings them all together and like, you know, you give in all the data and you get an output that's easily understandable so that things don't happen like in the example I told previously that you overwater because the surface is dry, but the roots are very wet. So mm -hmm. I think that's something that even though if you embrace the new new kind of machinery that gives you a certain amount of data already, you should definitely think about connecting everything in your farm, like whether this is your fields via the sensor to measure like the condition of the crops or the little robot with the camera that goes around your crops and looks for their health and also implement like like you know in some cases of course the vertical farming is a big topic as well but even if you just look at at simple fields i think there's a lot to improve mm. right Mm, and so actually in the, the same end block, um, the title Old McDonald has no connected farm, you you did you also mentioned the idea of um, having an entire farm connected, which which also just what you you mentioned again. Um, how would you describe to to the listeners um, a connected farm and, and what would be the first steps for enabling a connected farm? I guess, first of all, is to have the connectivity. <laughs> exactly. So that is the first thing that you have the connectivity. And that's that's easily doable. I think we have also in, in previous podcasts discussed about how easy it is to set up connectivity, even in the most remote locations you can think about. And once you have that, like it's, it's very easy to just like, as I said, like I'm saying a lot about the sensors because they can be incredibly helpful but it's of course not only the sensors also like the status of, of your machines is very important to know that they don't overheat because when I when I spent some time in the countryside uh, last year I actually was a witness of of a combined harvester overheating which is kind of unexpected because the fields are not that big so you know it, it was just an awkward sight like for me that and harvester is overheating not unfamiliar of course but just awkward because i thought like by now they should be all like having connect 
like not connectivity, but have some kind of digitalization, like a digital twin, for example, that would prevent you from kind of getting on fire. But it appears that was not even the case. So that that was a bit confusing. Yeah. Well, OK, right. Mm, and so what? What are the key things you, you see that farmers or any other involved stakeholders need to understand first if they are interested in adopting technologies, um, for example, um, Internet of Things um, to connect the entire farm? Yeah, that ties a bit to my previous answer that I, I do believe it is very important to see the benefit because there are like always you can find a lot of barriers to start things but if you just look at the return on investment you have because uh, I mean we have problems with the uh, fertilization and with like um, harmful chemicals like pesticides and everything so if you have like all the information and the data this could be for example um, I do believe we at Basin actually had a connected beehive already this also goes down to pollination with bees you know so if you get like the whole like so to say um, the whole ecosystem that is around a farm like including including also pollination and everything then I, I think Yes, it certainly is a change. It's an investment, but you make it for the future because in the future, like as mentioned, the population is growing and we need to make a lot more effort to feed all the people on the planet because there are way too many people that still go to bed hungry and that's not not okay because we do have the resources to make this happen if we use them more efficiently and more sustainable. And I believe if you create a digital twin of your farm and you can see all the input, like whether this is from the pollination to the fertilization and irrigation, like as mentioned, the drip watering saves a lot of lot of water and also prevents like overwatering. So if you have all of this, then I think it should be a no brainer to say like, please come and help me. And there's always companies like like. And for example, like if someone is approaching us, I'm quite sure we can help them to get connected in any way. Like there's not not something like there is no rocket science behind this. It's just about making things happen. Right. Yes, absolutely. So so let's as the final note for for our um, podcast episode today. Well, what is the one thing? um you would like to leave to our listeners before we we close the episode one key takeaway to think outside the box and to think um to see digitalization as your friend i do believe it it comes across sometimes difficult and mankind is not so prone to changes and and it is uh, it is very difficult to stay on top of everything like whether this is applications on your phone or or a connected farm it's it's new for all of us like it's it's a revolution but as we have seen in the past the last revolution was very beneficial to the humankind and so will the next one be because we need to be a bit very careful actually not a bit very careful with our resources like the problem of running out of water is very real. So we should like literally all do our best efforts not to live wastefully. And I would encourage everyone to take good care of the planet because we just have this one planet we live on at the moment. So I think if everybody is more like 
I would just like that people think about a sustainable way of living and also integrate that into their their farming or consumer habits because of course if you have the super farms where they need to use a lot of pesticides again because they don't have the data available how to prevent this because actually um, a study from Israel shows that if you plant uh, a mushroom a certain kind of mushroom next to a plant they kind of work like an ecosystem together so the plant plant gets a lot stronger and you don't need any pesticides because like like the insects or other grasses just don't come in between. So they are feeding each other. And that's also something for those mega farms that they could think of instead of spraying like fertilizer and pesticides all over the place to avoid losing like a massive field. So that's something I would encourage everyone to think about. And as mentioned, if you have all the data available, that should be quite easy to do. Mm. Absolutely. And wow, <laughs> thank you for all of the great insights. I have learned a lot today. And thank you, Sonia, um, for joining us today and share with us all of your um, insights and how you very interested and passionate talking about farming and smart farming and connected farm. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was great. And that's a topic that's truly close to my heart. So Yes. So thank you so much. Maybe see you in the next episode, in the other next episode. Yes. And for all our listeners, subscribe. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs>